let's face it, I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money? Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous like two-bedroom suite instead of a one-bedroom suite so your like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room so you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your your guys' room? Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards off in full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, it's Jonathan Van Ness. Americans United for Separation of Church and State defends your freedom to live as yourself and believe as you choose, so long as you don't harm others. Core freedoms like abortion rights, marriage equality, public education, and even American democracy itself rest upon the wall of separation between church and state. Christian nationalists are attacking these freedoms, seeking to force us all to live by their narrow beliefs. Americans United is fighting back. Freedom without favor and equality without exception. Learn more about AU at au.org slash curious. You ever own something that inspired you to up your game? We spend so much time in our cars. It's nice to have a car that makes you feel good. It's giving me like, you deserve to take care of yourself, girl. Honey, I just love Alexis because it's giving luxury. It just gives like, nice. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. And the features on this GX, honey? Available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Available front row massaging seats. Ooh, available 33-inch all-terrain tires. That's wide. Available multi-terrain select. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a 40-minute conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. On today's episode, I'm joined by iconic fashion designer and member of the Council of Fashion Designers of America, Christian Siriano, where I ask him, how did you become so fucking fierce? Welcome to Getting Curious, it's Jonathan Van Ness. I'm so excited to announce this week's guest, prolific, iconic, major... What are the, I mean, I real the designer of our gender generation. I'll just jump right in and say it. If you're driving, make sure you're uh, ready to handle this week's guest. Welcome, Christian Siriano. Thank you. Uh, I love it. I love your that you're in your closet. It looks glamorous uh, and fabulous. You know, everything else in my house is too echoey. Oh yeah. 
you know, randomly have ended up uh, recording from my closet. I didn't see it coming, but, you know, we're working with it. <laughs> first things first. Okay. I, I'm, I'm trying to do this new thing where I am really taking ownership of the flow of the interviews, but then I also struggle with um, my brain, and your fringe just looks amazing. <laughs> and you, it, it does, and it always has, and I can't help it. I love the texture on it, and... That's just that's just what our truth is today. I don't think anyone who listens to Getting Curious wouldn't know who you are, but you are a prolific designer, and you um, have your gorgeous own fashion house. You burst onto this scene in two thousand and eight. You um, and and basically since then you have really gone from someone who we met on telly to this. I'm sure it didn't feel fast to you, but in 2008 and 9 and 10, it's like, from those years to now, you are a household name. You are a incredibly successful designer. And I think what is one of my personal favorite things about what you have done is that you have shown that inclusivity and uh, self-love and celebration of diversity can be successful and sought after and beautiful. And I feel like you were the first designer that did that. I know. It's such a funny thing to like, think about that, you know, all the years later, just like doing things that I like to do are became like these iconic moments. And I'm like, Oh, I just like, like to dress those people. Like, you know, people are like, oh, you celebrate all these curvy women. And I'm like, well, who's not dressing Oprah? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think that that wasn't the right thing. And, um, and I, I always thought that, that was like funny, but, but also worked out in the end. <laughs> so, you know, obviously I think that we've all been very like inundated, rightfully so, because there is a respiratory pandemic, you know, on our hands. It's affecting the entire globe. Yeah. Um, I only get you for 40 minutes-ish and I, you know, I'm not going to, talk about, you know, coronavirus with the most prolific fashion designer because I got to learn about fashion, but I do just want to say what you did and how you stepped up in the midst of you know, this crisis was just absolute is, not was, absolutely incredible and thank you. Thank you. So what, can you just, without you know, I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess you need to talk about however long you want, but knowing that we do want to learn so much about fashion from you because you're a genius but what happened? So you're minding your own business in in your office, and you're like, well, I'm not making dresses right now because it's all shut down. Let me learn how to make. Yeah. Yeah, literally, it was like, you know, I think all of New York City was like watching, you know, Governor Cuomo like every day and being like, you know, he just was like, we have no product. We don't make anything in the United States. Um, we have no anything. And I just was like, well, that's so strange. Like, I I make things. We like have a full kind of factory. I mean, obviously, we make couture dresses but I was like why don't why can't we help a little bit in some way so really that was why like when I tweeted at him it was a very naive tweet being like what can we do um and when I mean when they responded within literally 30 minutes we were like oh okay and it just turned into something that we were like well if we can you know get a couple hundred then another thousand and like really turn it into something like maybe we can help people um and also like my entire studio was shut down so we really we got to help people. And also I got to like keep my employees who have families and jobs and need a job too. So it was a win-win for everybody. Did you accidentally turn into like a little bit of a virologist, like learning how to make masks? Like, did you guys learn like, oh, we got to like wear a little baby gloves when we're making them. And like, and we got to make sure we have yeah. like this kind of fabric. Cause it's, you know, small enough to catch the, the stuff. 
Yeah, no, it was so interesting. We were, we were like first starting and luckily like I, my fabric that we're using already had all of its fire and safety law testing. We did that like months ago. So we were kind of like prepared a little bit. Um, and also like, to be honest, like making a mask is is very easy. It's a square. I make literally couture gowns every day. So my team was like, oh, we can make this. Um, and we had the fabric. We, we, so we were just kind of like really equipped to do it quickly. Um, and I think that that was why it was helpful. Like we already have a studio, everything was kind of set in place. Now it's like, I do feel like I run a mask factory, which is a little strange. Uh, that's all we talk about all day long. And it's really quite a buzzkill, but uh, at least we're doing good things. Yeah, true and true. Okay. So, well, let's just divert right over from that. So basically, yeah. you know, in prepping for this um, gorgeous little baby interview, I learned some things about you uh, growing up that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know what your, what your pre-design interests were, which I just, um, who knew that you were oh. a little effing figure skater queen i, I want to hear about it oh my god i know okay so that's what's so funny no i mean i i like really uh, like you you know like i was really into like um gymnastics and figure skating and ballet and i was into all of those things um and i was actually pretty good in my day but i haven't done any of that in so long um but, but it, you skated like, own... like you know how to do it oh my god I know how to do it. And I was like, actually really good. And I Did wish you have all I would have done more. Yes. You had a lot. I could, I could like, like I could do, I, you know what though? The only thing is though, I was, I got, as every time I got a little bit older, I got scared of the jump. I, any well, because you know how hard it Maybe, hurts. I don't, that shit hurts when you fall. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it was kind of like, you know, like how Britney can't really fully do the, you know, the, the move anymore. That's how it became for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> I was a bit nervous. Yeah, it's like, it's scary, but you were born and I'm raised in Annapolis, Annapolis, Maryland, um, which is very like preppy and, you know, Naval Academy and uptight. Um, but there's like some, you know, eccentric, interesting people, which is nice. <laughs> and then <laughs> you, included. and then you... So, and I mean, because you grew up there, and then did you know growing up that you wanted to become a designer, and that you wanted, like, because, you know, I mean, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, and I, I knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to, I mean, I saw, like, Star Search in the 1992 Olympics, and I was like, oh my god, I want to move to a big city and, become like, get discovered at a mall, but I didn't know what for, but I knew I wanted to get out of my small, like, <laughs> I love it. like did you feel like, yeah. did you feel like you wanted to get out of Annapolis? Yeah, I mean, I did in a way, but like, I did find this like really creative place. And I went to like an art school in Baltimore city. So that's like kind of where I went to high school. Um, so I just knew like, I wanted to create and whatever that was. Um, but I definitely like, I don't know, like my mom and my sister were very inspiring growing up. My sister was a ballet dancer. So I thought for a long time, I wanted to be, you know, a costume designer for ballets and theater. Um, but then it really turned into like, I more like seeing like the transformation of like women. Like I loved watching my mom put on a dress and like her whole demeanor would be different. And I thought that that was really beautiful. So that's kind of when I realized I wanted to do something more and get out and strive for something bigger. I didn't really know what bigger was, but that was, that was what I was looking for. I guess too, I'm like a little bit like I was like, Annapolis is like really close to Baltimore. So it's like, that's like a big, you had like, it's like big cities. You had like urban areas around with like lots of diversity yeah, was, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there was Baltimore and D.C. So D.C. is, you know, 30 minutes. So I still had a connection to some, like, you know, interesting culture and different types of people. I mean, to be honest, and when I went to high school, I was the minority. It was like, you know, uh, I mean, it was so different. Um, I was around such different types of people uh, at, you know, very young age. Uh, And I went to this, like, art school. So everybody was kind of like, you know, coming out and, and, they, you know, being gay was a little bit more supported, which was nice, which is why when I was on television in 2008, I was totally myself and not thinking that it wasn't okay. And, and I mean, you know, because I was... Because um, when did you graduate high way. school? <laughs> 2000, 2004? Me too! Yeah, 2004. Me too! Yeah. <laughs> so then four years later, you're on... One yeah. of the biggest TV shows. <laughs> I mean, I remember being in... Because I went to hair school in 2005 and, um, and six. I just can't imagine going at 22 or however. It's so young to become a, just a household name. Yeah. I was 21 years old when I won the show. It was wild, wild, wild. Yeah. And, you- and, and very, like... Um, yeah, it just was a weird time. And in, in, in also in pop culture, like, you know, Bravo was very new. Um, you know, the Kardashians had just launched their show. Like, um, there just was a lot of cultural, you know, reality TV was in a very different place. It was a wild time. I mean, Amy Poehler played me on SNL. It was like really interesting culturally for, you know, that world, um, which I knew nothing about. Uh, so I was very naive, but, but it worked out, I guess. I just really look up to you and I mean I look up to you in a lot of different ways but being a young queer person who was you know, I mean I've only I've only had you know a public pressure or a public understanding of what that means to be you know out in the public for a couple years I really take my hat off to you because I think you just focus on being an incredible designer and you are when when you were growing up like what were like the movies or like the what were like the silhouettes and like the things was it like was it Lady Diane Emanuel in 85 or 81 or whatever where you were like holy <laughs> shit like or was it like Elizabeth Taylor where you were like oh my god these shoulder pads like what like what did you think was the coolest fashion growing up I mean in a, well my favorite favorite movie was The Wizard of Oz growing up I watched it every single day I was obsessed with you know, this idea of, like, again, like, transformation. I love that, like, Dorothy's character started in one place and, like, transformed into this, like, person. And I, um, you know, and I loved I loved all the characters. I loved all the, you know, the different clothes. And I don't know. Like, that was just, like, really an, an inspiring um, thing to me. So I, like, took that. But then it was, like, I wasn't a big, to be honest, I wasn't a big, like, movie watcher. I was a very eccentric kid that I liked to make things. So, like... That's like what I did. And I think I watched mostly, um, you know, ballets and performances. And like, that was like what I thought was what fashion was a little bit. My sister, she drugged me to every single rehearsal, every performance, every sugar plum fairy, whatever. Um, That's what I really, really liked. I mean, I, of course, loved like, you know, cheesy movies like Pretty Woman and all those things with like gorgeous dresses. And I love that movie Funny Face, like. You know, there's some some great iconic things, but I don't know. I just like I was also very curious. I, di- I didn't know that much about fashion or 
anything. So, but I definitely like took everything with like an open mind and nothing was off limits. I mean, I even loved like, I even loved like an action movie or a sports movie because I think I was like interested in that world, even if I didn't want to do it. So I think that that helped, which I think has helped me be a designer that's open to a lot of different types of people. Um, because I don't like say I have to create like this couture. I, I like other things. Love. So it wasn't like <clears throat> you weren't necessarily like when you were growing up, would you like, you were, like, weren't, like, cutting out clippings of Vogue and being like, oh, this designer became the head designer for, like, whatever in 1968. And then it's... <laughs> like, yeah, when, like, yeah. I mean, I, of course, like, kind of, you know, I, like, knew when Michael Kors was the designer for Celine and all of those things. But it wasn't... You did? I wasn't obsessed with it. I, I wasn't... But I wasn't as into it as I wish that I was. I don't know. I just wasn't. I think I was... Um, I was trying not to be that person, maybe. <laughs> ah, interest. Okay, wait. So we're going to take a really quick break, um, which I'm really proud of myself for okay. even, like, seeing that we had to take a break because I could just, like, talk to you forever and just, like, look in your eyes and have you tell me stuff forever because you're so fucking passing. Okay, we're going to be really... I do, okay, uh, okay, really quick break. We'll be right back with more Christian Siriano right after that. If you're like me, the threat of fascism is weighing on you this year. But even when the F word is uttered, way too few of us are considering the full scope of the danger, let alone how to really stop it. The Refuse Fascism podcast hosted by Sam Goldman names it, dissects it, and connects in-depth analysis of what fascism is with the understanding and urgency we need to defeat it. And she is joined by great guests to discuss the threat of civil war, attacks on abortion rights and trans rights, Trump and the theocrats, Project 2025, efforts to erase history and critical thinking, and much more. Check out recent episodes featuring Kathleen Ballou, Jeff Charlotte, Sarah Posner, Wujahat Ali, Dahlia Lithwick, and many more. Subscribe to the Refuse Fascism podcast on your listening platform of choice or go to refusefascism.org slash podcast. In the brand new book, Dear By Men, author, peer counselor, and creator of the hashtag Bisexual Men Speak, J.R. Youssef offers an unapologetic guide for readers who are Black, Mask, and Bi. The book features cutting social analysis, personal stories, and reclaims bi-plus visibility in a culture of erasure. It also offers practical feedback on how to unlearn internalized biphobia and homophobia, fight back against erasure and stigma, navigate sex, dating, partnerships, marriage, friendship, and much more. It's available now wherever books are sold. North Atlantic Books is offering listeners 25% off plus free shipping. Purchase Dear Buy Men at www.northatlanticbooks.com and use code CURIOUS25 at checkout for 25% off and free shipping. U.S. mailing address required. Oh, welcome back to Getting Curious. We have a Christian Siriano. So what we were just saying was, is, um, yeah, because I... When I was growing up, when it came to fashion, like, my biggest um, understanding of fashion until after high school was, like, going to the buckle. You know, which is... Not- I, uh, I love the buckle. Uh, <laughs> I loved the buckle so much. And the, the looks and the garments, honey, I just really could put together a cute <laughs> 1998 look there. You really could. Now, I was really into, like, Art and B and, you know, and BB and Wet Seal and, like, the 579. Like, I loved all those trashy girl clothes stores. 
that um, that's really sad that they're gone. <laughs> I know. I really miss the tiaras from Claire's. Like I used to take like quarters off my sure. stepdad's bedside table until I got like fifteen dollars of quarters so that I could buy a tiara <laughs> from Claire's. I was really into it. So so, but once you because you basically so through high school and then post high school, how did you literally learn to make clothes? Make beautiful yeah, fashion. I just, I know, like my mom, my mom definitely taught me a little bit. She taught me like the basics, but I was a very visual, I'm a kind of a visual learner with everything. Like I can almost see a pattern piece in my head and figure out how to put it together. Um, I just have to see it once, um, which is also why when I was on Project Runway, I was quite fast and good because I didn't really need to think about it that much technically. Um, and I don't know what that is. It's just, I've always had that and, um, and it, it helps. Yeah. I, so I bet you're good at geometry. Yeah. Like, I, like I remember my mom was like, I just was like, mom, how do you put in a zipper? And she was like, Oh, well, let me show you. And I was like, Oh, never mind. I figured it out just by like looking at it, um, in another dress. And, and I think I was very good at teaching myself how to problem solve, without actually knowing really what I was doing, um, which I still probably do every day to this day. I'm like, we've never made this before, but I can pretend like I know how to do it. <laughs> so growing up though, you had, like there was like a sewing machine around your house. So you were just kind of like naturally like, let me just Always. like play with this. Hey. Always, yeah. Like my mom was like down for whatever and, um, and very helpful, which was good. <laughs> Is there anything to this day that, like, anytime someone's like, oh, I really want, like, a whatever, where you're just like, okay, but, like, you, like, hey, it's like just, like, a, like kind of like in baking, like, um, do you watch the baking, Great British Bake Off? Do you watch this show? Um, I've, I don't watch it, but I've seen it before, of course. It's kind of like the frustration <laughs> of, like, the collar. Like, if you're going to put, like, a collar around your cake, they can just be very fussy, you know, if it's too humid in the tent that day. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it's, like, a little risky. Like, what's, mm -hmm. like, what's, like, the cake collar in fashion for you? Oh my God. I think it's, I don't know. I really have a problem more with people that um, really want like experimental clothes right now. Like we've been getting a lot with like, can my dress like unzip and turn into like a poncho and then into a, a suit? Like they all want their clothes to like do all these things. Yes. Sustainability. I'm just like, uh -oh. <laughs> I know, but I'm just like not in the mood to make my gown turn into like a blazer. <laughs> you know what I bet it is. I feel like um on this most recent season of figure skating, Anna Sherbakova, who probably would have been the world champion had Worlds not been canceled, she has this fierce fucking dress and her long program that starts off like kind of like um, purple, but then she does this thing in the middle of a spin and goes like this and it turns red. Like there's like a dress hiding within. <laughs> it's fucking fierce. I bet everybody saw that routine and then they were like, you know what? I would like exactly. fully. Yes. You just celebrated the 10 year anniversary of, of your line in 2018. So you really spent like your whole adult life being a successful designer. And I know for me in the last couple of years, I've had like, it's hard, like learning to just people say a lot of stuff and people are fucking mean sometimes mm -hmm. and so i wrote down when you were talking earlier about uh like critics and i don't know about fashion critics but i would imagine it's a thing and like just on how what's your relationship been to dealing with critics 
Yeah, criticism. I mean, it's the hard. Yeah, no, it's the hardest thing to overcome because I think like as an, I mean, fashion is such a visual form of art. You know, you're putting, you know, especially we work six months on a collection and then someone in one second says, oh, I don't like it. And you're just like, you know, it's always, that's so hard. Um, Which is kind of like what I always say, like, you know, how people go through a a store and you like, you know, you just push everything on the side on a rack, but you don't really think about like, the time and energy that someone put into designing those clothes that are on that rack. So that was always my challenge in the very beginning of my career that I took that really personally. But then I really realized that as, as it went on that, you know, it's people uh, judge quickly and they always will. And you cannot be everything for everybody. You just have to find the right people that love your work and, um, and want to wear it and want to support you. And I think, um, that's kind of the challenge. Uh, to be honest, the challenge is to get the customer or anyone to come back like season after season. And I think we just started doing that. We had women from all over the world that were shopping the clothes. So I kind of stopped listening to the critics very much. They kind of came around, but in the beginning they were tough, but I was like, well, I don't really care because I'm going to go out of business if I'm listening to you. Ooh. Um, I mean, I remember I did a. Oh, listen, I did a collection. I remember the review from, you know, a high profile um, magazine was tough. And they were like, this is, everything was not good, but the best dress in the collection was this one slip dress, right? I sold zero of that dress that they loved. So it just, they didn't know anything about my customer, my world. Like we had some, they weren't in, my woman wasn't interested in that dress. So I stopped listening to those people. And and now I've realized that I'm glad because, I'm still in business and other young brands are not because they didn't pave their own way, you know? Speaking of, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that has been, some of the times when I was on sets as a hairdresser um, have been some of the hardest times. I mean, just like really harsh criticism and it's, and also comments are really intense, but I think uh, that is just, yes, it's, because no one understands your brand as well as you will understand your own brand. But speaking about paving their own way, yeah. I mean, you launch your company. If the 10 year anniversary was 18. That means 2008, which I was brand new on the floor in Arizona. Like I had just started like building my own little baby clientele, just, you know, a little hairdresser. And I remember 2008, it was like in February, you couldn't get an appointment with me for like three months. Like I was like such a little baby, 19, 20 year old. And then all of a sudden, like, but then all of a sudden, like it was like a curtain happened and the economy dropped out and all of a sudden, like nobody had any clients. And it just, it was a very real time where like everything just collapsed. I am wearing biker shorts just so you know, everyone we're on zoom. So Christians can see me. And sometimes when I move my leg, it looks like I'm naked, but I'm not there are biker shorts right here. So anyway, um, back to the story, but you, you know, I think it's really interesting that you established a couture, fashion line in the, in a tough economic time. And so for young entrepreneurs, whether it's in fashion or whatever, obviously we're on the precipice of a really unknown time. Um, what, it, what's your lessons, uh, takeaways that you wouldn't mind sharing on, on what that was like and how you think that relates to now and how people can find a way? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of wild. My very first day of market, like my first collection, I had it all in the racks. Saks Fifth Avenue was my first appointment. And it was the day Lehman Brothers crashed. And Saks canceled. Um, and we had no sales. 
and it was disastrous. And, but then like, you know, what, what in my own way, I had nothing to go on. So I was kind of like, well, any sales going forward will be something. Um, so we were just happy to keep it going. Um, and I think same with now, you know, now it's kind of like, okay, we have to pivot and we have to do other things. Like if nobody buys a dress from me in the next year, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that ruin my brand. Like I would figure out other ways, which is kind of what we did. We were like, okay, we're going to flip it. We're going to make masks. We're going to make hospital gowns. We can make those interesting. Um, and I've kind of, kind of always done that. You have to kind of rise to the occasion because otherwise like you won't survive. And um, I don't always love it. And I think that that's sometimes what we have to remember that sometimes you have to like move on from what you think will be and just let it be, um, which is the challenge for everybody, I guess, you know? Yeah. It's hard though. Um, okay, wait. So back to like literal like fashion and stuff. One thing I always felt like when I was doing hair full time was like, I, whenever like something would become in trend, like I had this one, um, colorist teacher who used to say like, which I always thought was kind of funny, just because you American doesn't mean you America should. Cause like when certain things would become like really <laughs> trendy, like people come up with these pictures, like, yeah, like, but no, like you're starting from like a level two and it's really going to torch it and it's not going to feel great and stuff. So like, do you feel like when it comes to design, like, are you like, are you, do you pay attention to trend? Are you very much like, I really want to stay inside of myself to do what feels organic to you. How do you approach that? I like, yeah, I, I definitely like, I'm pretty good at like keeping up with what's happening. Like I definitely, you know, like I see what like a young generation is wearing. I try to like fit that in in some way. Like, okay, if it's like we're doing crop tops, I'll do my version of the cute crop top. Like, you know, everything, oversized blazers, all of those things. Like I do my own take, but, but I really, I don't know. I try to be like as adventurous as possible in what I always make. Um, and I like to push it and I like to, um, I would rather help set the trend than, you know, really like continue something. Uh, I think that's always like worked out for me the most, which is why, I mean, to be honest, like I've been making this like, you know, fantasy red carpet and clothes for so long now, um, at a time when, you know, seven years ago, people thought that was nobody liked that. They were like, Oh, you make red carpet clothes. Like you're like, that wasn't, that wasn't a cool thing to do. Um, now people would die for some of the people that I've dressed on the red carpet. So it's funny how it comes like full circle. Ooh, I say. And natural segue. So I know it's like so hard to like, you know, pick, <laughs> favorites because you have like just so many iconic people and not that I'm not iconic and I don't want to like whatever because I know that uh, but like but you can't include me even though some of our looks have been so amazing but, like to, like what have been some of like your most favorite iconic looks Billy Porter is like one of my favorites because like I think it helps inspire a different generation to feel like they can wear what they want to wear and that is like the most important thing that tuxedo you know? gown to this it's like the most it, I think it's it's like the J-Lo Versace dress of the 2000. And it's like the most iconic red car. I mean, I was obviously on the runway, but as far as like, I mean, like did Google images get created the second time when Billy Porter wore the tuxedo gown on the, I mean, like, do you, that's, that has we to be in number, your top. We were the number one, number one Googled photo. Oh my it God, I didn't even wild. know that. And I just like naturally knew. Yes. So yeah, that has, and then yes. what are some of the other, like, what was the time where someone called, like someone's representative called to be like, oh, can you make a thing? And then you were like, oh my fuck, I'm going to die. But, like, so excited. 
I mean, oh my God. I've, I've had, you know, I, honestly, I've gotten to dress now. Like my, my number ones, like, which is from, you know, from Angelina Jolie to like Gwyneth to Gaga to everyone, you know, we've done every, but, but I think like what I did, you know, what I did for Billy was amazing. I think, but probably my favorite is all the times we dress Michelle Obama um, because we've dressed her, uh, you know, probably six or seven times now. And every time it's just fabulous. And, and I love her and she's so chic and um, what the dress that she wore to the DNC really like changed my career. So it was really great. Can I tell you that when you, mention that I get such a palpitation in my solar plexus that honestly like I don't know if I've ever really gotten like I, that's like a first time tingle for me that was <laughs> that's okay okay wait I have a question I have a question I have a question so um and you don't have to say who because like I don't I want to be like a shady bitch um but so is there ever a time when you make someone a garment and then like you see them wear it and you're just like that shoe or like fuck girl that fucking purse or like and then when that does happen are you just like <laughs> okay <laughs> that happens every day um and it's like and it's the same and you know what's so funny though it is hard because the designers definitely get judged for all the things that have happened in the look the hair the makeup i'm like guys i'm not with them like don't bring it yeah me. yeah um, you know, I didn't pick, you know, I didn't, she's wearing the future dress and she's wearing like a nude patent pump from like 579. Bring it back home. I didn't pick that shoe. Um, so, you know, that's always an interesting thing that is a challenge sometimes. Um, but I will say for the most part, like I, I've gotten away with, with everything. But, but like, even let me tell you, like, Cardi um, wore this amazing suit um, to my 10 year anniversary show, actually. And she looked so fabulous, but she wore it with this like giant white fur. Um, but I'm a huge like animal activist and I don't use any fur or animal products at all. And that was a little bit hard for me because I wouldn't have put a fur with it. Um, so, you know, I got a lot of backlash for that, but I kept having to be like, guys, I, it's not mine. I don't pick what Cardi, Cardi does what Cardi wants to do. Yeah. So, but that was a hard, you know, that was a hard day because people were really upset and, and that can be the challenge, you know, it's the risk. Um, okay. That's incredible. We have to take a really quick break and I actually do want to take a break really just quick. Cause I, that is so major. I'll talk about it for 30 minutes straight through and then you'll be like, girl, I have to go. <laughs> so we're going to take a really quick break. So y'all, if you need to get a little drink of water or something or, you know, turn the TV off, now's your chance. Let's face it, I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money. Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous, like two bedroom suite instead of a one bedroom suite? So you're like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room. So you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your, your guys's room. Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? 
is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards off in full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Welcome back to Getting Curious. We have Carish and Siriano. So, yeah, so my stylist, Allie Brooks, who I love so much. uh, So, because obviously the designer does like the main garment or whatever, but you aren't literally with the person wearing the garment to be like this, this and whatever. But I don't think you do. But have you ever like, will you ever be like, um... Yeah, I'm going to send you this gown, but like, can you please not put it with a whatever? Like, do you ever have, like, do we ever give suggestions to the stylist yeah. about, like, can you not do, like, a, a thing? I do now. I, de- I definitely am a little more boisterous as my career gets uh, more <laughs> intact a little bit. I used to be afraid, but now I definitely, like, I realize that my, it's my work, too. So I want to make sure that we're all celebrating, you know, the best that we can. Um, so I give my opinions on everything uh, because I think, and, you know, it's important. And, um, and to be honest, sometimes now I'm like, well, listen, like, you know, if it's not going to be that, then I'm not the right designer for you, um, which has happened, you know, sometimes, um, you know, we just, we did a dress not that long ago um, and I didn't, lo- they wanted to, um, I forget what happened was, but it was, they wanted to put a political statement on the back. Um, but I just didn't agree with it at that time. So I felt like I didn't want to do that dress. So that happens sometimes, but, but for the most part, everybody's, everybody's been pretty great lately. Ah, love that. Okay. Wait. So, um, (laughs) what is your, like, is not necessarily like garment wise, but just in the course of your career, like what are your most exciting aspects of being a designer and then the aspects of it? And then like your, the opposite, like your least favorite. Oh my God. I mean, I really just love getting to like have moments with people and making them transform and feel their like their best self. Like whether it's literally like a mom, like getting a dress for her son's wedding or something, or to like Lizzo winning her first Grammy in a dress that I made, you know, I being there for those moments, like are the best part of the day. It's actually the only reason why I still do it because the rest of fashion is like very hard and it's a really hard business and it's really expensive. Um, and yeah. And, and, and also, I mean, you can't, people are so quick to move on. I mean, think about, I mean, I'm sure for you, you know, you're in a fitting and sometimes you're just not feeling it and it's not because, you know, you don't want to personally, it's not because you don't like some, somebody or something. It's just like, you're not feeling wearing that look today. Um, so I've learned to not take things so personally, but it is a hard, it's a hard business. I think not taking things personally is like the hardest thing to do. Like it's, it's incredibly, um, challenging. So, but I mean, because you have been on the forefront in fashion in so many ways, do you, do you sense that it's changing in any positive ways and any, do you sense a positive change and more acceptance yeah. trend yeah i mean i think even like i mean even like when i post you know pictures of you and things that you've worn gowns or on covers of magazines like 
I mean, it's, I think it's pretty amazing to see like the response from that. Um, and I think that's really nice to see. And I often, it goes with the same with like when I dress a curvy woman or like someone who's not the normal it girl, um, people like love it more now mm. than when I do dress. So, I mean, I could dress somebody so famous and it's so interesting. People are like, okay. But if it's like, it could be a random new singer and they're like, oh my God, they die for it. It's, it's a, quite, the tables have turned a little bit. Um, I mean, unless it's JLo, like JLo is always a hit, but other than that, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I got nominated for an Emmy for, you know, like for Gay of Thrones. Queer Eye has been nominated several times and like, I know that there are times where people are harsh and people are mean. And it's like, you dress people that other people don't give the time of day. And that is so the example of being the change that you want to see. Yeah. And you're such an important reason why people are even getting to celebrate body diversity because people can't even see the glory and the amazingness of curvy bodies and other bodies if no one wants to work with us. And it's so, fr- and it's like, yeah. and it is so frustrating when you can be an Emmy nominee, uh, an Emmy winner, or this winner, or whatever. And it's like, people don't care. It's like, they're like, like, and it's, and it's, and it's mm-hmm. like Julia Roberts and pretty was like, I got money to spend. Like, I want to get, it's like, but it's like, they like won't yeah. even take the time to work with you. And I just think that you've changed the standard and you've changed the idea of beauty. And I just think that that is, really amazing but so but you do feel like do you feel like some of the shit people are changing or it's it's because it is becoming more amazing to become accepted do you think or accept be more acceptance minded instead of like rejection minded do you think that is becoming the norm in fashion or there's just a home for acceptance in fashion now i mean i think i think it's just i think it's definitely like it's getting some days i feel like oh my god we've made so we've, we've made such progress and it, everything's going amazing. But like, I will say like, I, you know, I did a little campaign, you know, not that long ago and um, the photos, I felt like um, the person who I photographed and the actress, you know, she was a curvy girl and I feel like it was harder to get placed, um, which I thought was interesting. And, and I think there's still issues with um, what people perceive as beautiful or what they, or what they think peop, other people will love. And I'm like, but you don't know, like you're not trying. And that's what bothers me the most. I don't like people that say something, it's not going to work. Um, that's like when people said, oh, you can't put curvy girls on the runway. Like people won't understand. And I'm like, but you don't know that you've never tried. So what are you talking about? So I hate that. That drives me crazy. So hopefully we're, we've moved on from that a little bit, but I don't know. Some days, some days not. Sometimes I feel... I'm sure I, you see that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely do. And I, sometimes I... I mean, I have some friends where I've literally heard... Um, like, one of my good friends literally was rejected from a campaign because she is curvy and the company had used a curvy girl in a campaign in the last six months. And so they were like, oh, we can't have two curvy people in a row. And it's like... And I also have had that with... Yeah. I've also experienced that oh. with myself where, like people um whether it was like roles or you know opportunities where it was like my gender identity or my sexuality would be a factor that it's like going for someone else who's like not so non-binary or going for someone who's like a little bit more of like a classic like can i get like a muscly 
you know, classic cisgender, <laughs> more based gay for this. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, I, I think it's kind of like a, a quota based casting or a quote that it's like, oh, we already did one this year. Like, so we can't do, and I, I, I don't think that that's, it's, it's totally. like diversity. So, yeah. I, I I feel yeah. what you're saying there. One thing that I think is really interesting you've you've done a lot of different designs and you've also have designed like because you've done uh, like a lot of collections with a lot of different price points and you've also just done like a lot of different types of fashion. But is there something that you like haven't gotten into yet that you would really like to like I don't know like fascinators or so, or is there like something you're like current like like you you're obsessed <laughs> with but you like you haven't like done it yet. I know. It's so interesting, like, um, because I get asked to do, like, funny little projects all the time. Um, But I think my number one that I'm, like, really into, and obviously now that we're all stuck in our homes, is, like, um, I do, I have, like, a little, I have some home collections. Like, we do bedding and stuff like that. But I do want to make that something bigger. Like, I want to bring, like, my fabric knowledge and color knowledge, like, into, like, the home. So that's kind of, like, my only goal for 2020 and 2021, um, because I want your, you know, I think people now more than ever, like you need it to be chic. You know what I really want? Like is a, is a great throw blanket. I want like a great. Totally. I mean, I do yeah. make a beautiful throw. I'm going to say you, you do. Ah! Yeah. It's fabulous. I was not I'll even finishing it. for a thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I'm not going to fight it. Okay. So that's interest. What about, <laughs> okay, but what about bags? Bags. I mean, we do bags um, in a small scale, but we do do them. I mean, what's so crazy is I ha- I was with um, Payless for almost 11 years, and we did shoes and bags with them for so long that now I'm like, Oh God, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta do, we gotta do more. We gotta, we gotta figure this out. Um, so we're on it. Don't worry. Well, I've always loved a bag. I mean, I've always loved a bag for my entire life. There's there's pictures Thanks of me with like cabbage patches and like my mom's old purses, like when I was two. I, I've always <laughs> loved a purse, um, but it, it got a lot worse once I, you know, like it was right before Queer Eye where I started being able to like save enough money to like do real damage on not having a retirement fund and spending it on clothes and oh. bags instead. And newsflash, I still am doing that. Um, oh, so yeah, okay. I've just bags i'm obsessed with it so yeah and especially big bags so just saying if you ever get like a design if you want to bring it back honey once we can leave the house again for i'm yeah i want to see like a just a really christian siriano i'm gonna i i have a gorgeous bag i'm sending it to you (laughs) okay i'm not trying to i wasn't trying to get so many siriano gifts after this (laughs) can i tell you like not to like sexually harass our guests but i don't have like reactive nipples at all like they're very just like they don't really do anything and they're just very unresponsive and they are as you said those last four sentences they are so they are so oh my god they and they could just cut through this fucking top okay so i love that story so what are some of okay so for instance um when it comes to hair like to short hair like i love when i see like french twists for instance, or something that always make me really excited. Also, like on shorter haircuts, mm-hmm. when the hair in front of the ear kind of goes back towards the back of their head, but then the hair um, behind their ear comes forward. Mm-hmm. Like I like that 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 like what are like the things where yeah. you, yes, what are some things that when you see that you just think like, 
Oh, that feels really chic to me. Like, if someone wants to, like, chicify themselves and they think that you are really chic, like, what are the things that you think that you're just, like, really chic when you see them? In daily fashion. Oh, it's so interesting. In daily fashion, I am still a very big believer of, like, a, like, wet, slick back, tight pony or tight bun, like, old school ballerina style with a red lip. I think everybody looks great that way. I really do. I love a bold red lip <laughs> so much. I can't even say yes, that. But also, so but yes, slick back bun and yes, red lip. But what about like clothing wise? Like, it, oh my God. You know what? You know what I would say? I still think that like, I don't know. I've noticed like lately I've been like seeing what people are wearing at home and they're in their videos or whatever. I still think like a really cool like blazer dress or like a cool trench dress. I love that like everybody's like belting their pillows. I don't know. I think the cinched waist thing just still looks chic, you know? It just does. And Even always like an over I love seeing like an oversized men's shirt with a big belt. Like that's still like uh, Um okay, one more question and then we're going to do um yogi recess where you can talk about whatever you want, but I just have one more thing. Okay, so let's say that you're someone who's like a young person and you've never really like you know, maybe been into fashion so much. Um, but like, you, and you just don't really know where to start with like your own look and like finding your own style. So I guess this is a two part question. Part A is how do you think about finding your own style, developing your own style? If you were to think about your own style as like your own brand one, and then two, um, what are like the pieces that you feel like every young person old, just everybody needs, like, their basic, like, their go-to things in their wardrobe that's, like, not, like, a 1990s show, but you know what I mean? Like, just, what, like, just, like, what, what, what do you think, like, grown-up fashion people should have? <clears throat> yeah, I think, like, I think anybody, like, still, like, trying to figure themselves out is, like, all I ever say is, like, it's all about, like, taking risks and trying things that you would never try. You know, I hate when people say, oh, I can't wear strapless. And I'm like, why? Because one strapless dress you ever tried on, you didn't like. That doesn't mean forever you can't wear a strapless dress. So I think people have to take risks, push themselves. Um, that's why, like, I love, like, fashion girls who, like, will wear, like, a really expensive piece and then they'll wear something from the thrift store. Like, that is, you know, about style and creativity and but you also have to remember, like, you have to wear clothes that, like, make you feel really great. And if, like, you feel really great in a tutu every day, then rock a tutu. Like, who cares? Um, that's, like, my rule. And then I think the pieces that you need, oh, it's very hard. I don't know. I'm into so many things. I'm into, like, a really fabulous, I'm still into a really fabulous, you know, skinny black pant, whatever that is. If it's a jean or just a trouser. Um, I'm still into like a hot suit or even if you just have a blazer, that is very important. A strong one, like something strong, you have it. Um, I'm really into like, I love an oversized bag. I think we all need one. I still love a trench. And I'm also like, I'm really into things that are like overly opulent, like something with beading or texture or like, I think like you need one piece that's like really extravagant that people will talk about when you go to a party. That's it. <laughs> oh my god! And then I realized that I just have like two more really quick questions, and then Yogi reset. Who is your favorite designer? Who who is either 
like doesn't have, like they're like they either sold their line, don't design anymore. They like retired to a cottage in France or or anywhere, or they like passed away, or just like from the old days. Oh my god, I probably it's probably like Cristobal Balenciaga or Saint Laurent. Because, like, old-school Saint Laurent clothes were actually, like, Saint Laurent now is very tailored and sexy and lean, but old-school Saint Laurent was so whimsical and sculptural and um, very feminine, and I, I really loved that that era. Yeah. Ah, oh, okay. Current favorite accessory line that is not your own. Like, what is, like, the bag that you're like, oh, my God, I just, like, if, like, the quarantine was lifted, like, this is where I would be impulse buying, like, bags that I shouldn't get right now. Or shoes or whatever. Oh my god. Or shoes or whatever. What did I just buy recently? Oh my gosh, I can't even remember. I haven't chopped clothes in so long. I've been cheating on it with furniture. Um, that's a Sex in the City quote. Okay, wait. I would say, I don't know. I bought a really beautiful, um, like vintage Gucci bag not that long ago that was that's stunning. Um, I mean, oh god, what else is good? I think that was my favorite bag that I just bought. It's like an old suede. Gucci bag from the 90s. It's like my favorite. Stunning. <laughs> yes, vintage. Obsessed. I love that. Um, so now, Christian, we've reached the time in the podcast where um, several things. One could be like you, Nightmare. You invited me on here to talk about this one thing that I accidentally got too excited and we never talked about. Or just something that you're really inspired by that you'd like to talk about. Or just something that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about. It's Yogi Recess. It's your time. Like, you know, t- however long you need. What, what, is there anything we missed? God. Are you just like want people to know or something? I don't know. What did we miss? What did we miss? I don't know. I guess, no, I feel like we covered so many things. What else is interesting to talk about? You know what I do think will be really interesting to talk about? That one day, you know, I really hope that people, that what people are wearing doesn't um like bother people so much like why does it like i mean we're not carrying cancer here like we're putting on a dress or we're putting on like i never i always do think that that's a really strange thing and i hope that in 2020 after a pandemic maybe we can all be a little more supportive of of how we choose to express ourselves that's my ending quote of of life (laughs) what a good way to wrap up the the podcast. Christian Siriano, I love you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything that you do for I everyone. And just, yeah, just stay safe. I love you Thank so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. My guest this week was CFDA designer Christian Siriano. You'll find links to his work in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, introduce a friend and show them how to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CuriousWithJVN. Our socials are run and curated by Emily Bosick. Getting Curious is produced by me, Erica Ghetto, Julie Carrillo, Emily Bosick, Ray Ellis, Chelsea Jacobson, and Colin Anderson. Hey.